0: When I got fired from the company I started. Wow. From Sony, I could have been more depressed more than I didn't get out of bed for two, three fucking days. My wife, at the time, calls Heavy D. They were like brother and mm-hmm. sister. Wow. Hef comes to the house with my dad. Smacks me in the face. Not, you know, yeah, like- like, like anybody <laughs> smacks you, man. Nah, <laughs> just, chance. Nah. this guy, yo. Nah, you, it, it, you, know, <laughs> it, in, you know, and he said, this should be the best day of your career. You've been asking for this day for years. Because I, I was miserable being at Sony. Go in the shower, let's go to lunch. And he, like, and he motivated me. The next day, I did a deal with Universal. Started a new company. Two weeks later, Instead of feeling sorry for myself, I found an artist by the name of Akon.
1: All right, hello. Another episode of Hot Boxing with who, Mike Tyson? And I'm who, kid? And who we have here today, our guest, who's the founder of Loud Records, who brought us Wu-Tang, my brother, Stephen Refkin. What's up, What's Mike? On, how you What's doing, going, man? Everything is amazing. Tell me, who would you think about us having this brother here with <laughs> how us How long
2: today? is this podcast it's going to be? Like five hours? This guy is you know, like hip-hop. We're going
1: to figure it out.
2: We're <laughs> going to have a good time.
0: So tell us, man, how you get involved with this? How did I get involved? And yeah, this music. I grew up in the music industry. My dad owned, owned the label called um, Spring Records, which I was just telling Cool Kid earlier, which put out the first rap record of all time. It was Sugar? Um, no, it wasn't Sugar Gang. It was Fatback Band, King Tim III. The record came out two months before Sugar. So that's game. technically yeah. the
2: first, the first commercial. Song ever. The pop record
0: ever. Really? Wow. I was in
1: I was in Spoffit when I first heard it. Oh, it was really? on the radio and everybody was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, what was <laughs> that? Yo, did you hear that? all day yo, did you hear that rap? Hip dop, the hip, hip hop <laughs> hop. <laughs> um, I got more cars and more girls than mom And we we couldn't mm-hmm. um we couldn't put it in chronological order at that time. Mm but we knew it was something special because everybody was in the bathroom going crazy. What was it? Yo, man, you heard that? You heard this? And um, that was the first time I ever so, heard hip-hop.
0: So do you remember um, BLS? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It so, BLS, but yeah, you hear. Yeah. 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 So with Frankie Cracker. So um, oh, wow. I'm in the car. I, I grew up in Long Island, and they said, yeah, Fatback Band, you know, new single. And I knew the F- Fatback Band was my dad's artist, and I was like... What what type of record is this? And it was I I grew up in Long Island. And um I said that I just heard this record, Fatback Band, but you know, I don't know what type of record it was. He goes, Yeah, it's 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 called rap music. And I was like, All right. And it was in September and then Sugar Hill came out like sometime in October, November. And the rest is history. Yeah, man. So tell me what was that
1: ride like, man? Tell us, talk to us about you, talk to
0: these people. Um so I grew up in Long Island, you know, I was majorly dyslexic. What part, what part of Long Island? Merrick Long Island. So um, I was majorly dyslexic. I didn't know how to read or write until I was 14, 15 years old. So I was getting in trouble, um, just looking for attention. Not, I didn't need any money. I, I grew up okay. And um, But I was robbing, stealing, and um, my grandfather, um who's a pretty tough guy moved down to florida and he called me i was 18 years old and he said um i need you to jump on a plane eastern airlines and i gotta talk to you and i'm saying to myself and he was the only person beside god he's the only person i was ever truly scared of oh wow and i was like what the fuck did i do i know what i did but i was like how the fuck did he find out and um he says two things are going to happen to you you're going to end up dead or you're going to end up in jail he goes why don't you go work for your father and i'm like my father r- runs from me every time he sees me he's like i mean there's nothing more he goes i'll talk to him i'm like that's it he goes yeah so i'm like all right i go back to new york two weeks later okay there are no cell phones there's no gps there's nothing right the house phone rings he goes pick me up i'm landing at 3 30. And um, I pick him up at the airport at 330. He goes, we're going into the city. And and I'm saying to myself again, what did I do wrong? Like, in my mind. And um, we go straight to my dad's office, which was on 54th Street and 7th Avenue. And um, they explained to me what they want me to do. They said, we're gonna send you on the road and you're gonna visit radio stations and you're gonna go get your records played and we're gonna try two weeks. And my dad was partners with my uncle, his older brother, who had a huge temper. And he says, if you fuck up, I'm going to put a bullet in your head, screaming at the top of his fucking lungs. God damn, that's really inspiration to really chill out. Um, Still didn't chill out though, huh? Nah, so I fly back to Florida. With my grandfather. Don't forget, there's no GPS. You have to read a map. I'm dyslexic. I just learned how to read three years ago. So me reading a map is... there's (laughs) no paper map. Like like, the paper map. Make it clear. It's the paper map. There's there's no fucking way I'm going to be able to do that, right? So I would call the stations. I had like $20 worth of quarters. And I would call the radio station. How do I get... Forgot about those days. how, How would I get from, you know, 99 jams in Miami to JMH in Orlando. I'm just, you know, whatever it was. And I would literally write the directions longhand. Two weeks, I loved it so much, turned into three and a half years, where I zigzagged across the country, visiting every radio station in the world. The issue was I was 18 and I was visiting people who were in their 40s, program directors, and I really didn't wanna hang out with them. So I would go back to the colleges. Oh, wow. And I would go to the college radio stations. And from there, that's how I started putting the street team together. Mm. Um, and we would talk music. We were all the same age. We talked music, sports, girls. It was never really about money. It was always about music, you know, something like that, and just the passion. And I fell in love with it, and they said, it's time to come home. I'm like, nah, I'm staying on the road. Just keep on sending me records. Yeah, you just got turned out, huh? Yeah, and <clears throat> it kept me out of trouble, and it, and it got me focused.
2: So you indirectly created a blueprint for marketing without even like, because you did it first, so.
0: Well, I owned the Name Street team. Holy shit. So, and that's really, I mean, it was really just a form of grassroots. And, you know, from there, I met a girl who lived in, she was from Brooklyn, but she moved out to LA. She was, in, she was on head of the class.
1: Oh, wow, uh, I imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So Yo, he saw Mike, you know, like, so Mike. Oh, so and that, that Mike. That's where we met for the first time. Wow. Um, Are you serious? So that I, is crazy. I dated I dated Kimberly, Russell, The other black girl. The other black girl, and <laughs> and my best friend was Brian Robbins. Wow. You have a, such an interesting life as well. Huh?
2: He was actually bigger back then too, right? You were like huge. no, I,
0: no. I was as skinny as my son. I know. Really? I was yeah, yeah I, oh. I was as skinny as my son. I I gained the weight when I uh, got the
2: When you got to oh okay. So when I was with you, that's when you were, like, bigger and then now yeah. you're back to normal. <laughs> it was crazy, man.
0: And what yeah. else?
1: What was going on?
0: So I moved out to LA. You, never,
1: you didn't go to Russia with us?
0: Nah. No, I'll tell you why. <laughs> why? Because it was a Jewish holiday. Okay. And okay. I and I had to um go see my mom. Okay. I can dig it. I can but dig it. So, Russia okay. was a good trip, but I have that picture of you and Brian sleeping you guys would like both pass the fuck out. Yeah.
1: Shit,
0: yeah, that's history, man. Right? Yeah. I don't
1: even feel like that never even happened.
2: Wow. That's crazy that you and Mike was like in the beginnings of anything that had to do with rap or hip hop. Like y'all both were like.
0: I mean, when I when you guys were interviewing Bill, I mean, you were you I mean you were the hip hop champion. Like you were the first one, the first real athlete, <laughs> period. Yeah that really And you
1: know how that happened? You know how that happened? Um I used to, when I was upstairs in Catskill, and that's like 125 miles from New York City north. So when I was up there training, after I finished training on the weekends, <clears> or <throat> else so I had a fight, and after the fight was over, I would always come back to New York City. My friend would drop me off, and they would go where they had to go. So I was... um I would say always let me off that of in quarters. because it was always the weekend I came to the city. Oh, wow. And you
0: couldn't wear the Jordan. Well, you could probably wear Jordans. Anybody who wore Jordans, no. they would get robbed. No, they would rob me like crazy. listen,
1: <laughs> this is what I what? want to say. This is what I want to say about what he has said. What? So I'm in that place. Everybody comes up to Everybody I know I was locked up with and spars and juvenile centers upstate. Mm. I was all locked up with these guys. So everybody was like, hey, Mike, hey, Mike, hey, Mike, what's up, Mike? So I would always go there alone. <clears throat> and I even could remember where even in rounds, of, you, you went to a hip-hop bebop, that was wild. That was whack. That was trouble back then. That was all these crazy guys went to rap and mm-hmm. hip-hop stuff. And that, and they were right. Because all the people I knew, that, I met them from being incarcerated as children and stuff. And so I saw that being an outlet. Once they see me start being coming, kind of famous, had these big cars, these big houses, and you they saw that stuff, yeah. and everybody started finding something to get on with. And wow. that's what, it's, when, that's what when, I, when I was in that institution, I saw Muhammad Ali, I said, wow, I want to be like him. And listen, these guys were making raps, and they were successful, you know. T- when I was 1988, who's the biggest rapper in the world? 86, say 86, 85. Uh, to me...
0: I want to say, is Eric B and Rakim?
1: Well, listen, you say something like that. How much money you think they made in the biggest in New York City? A guy like me, I was back then, I was making twenty, eighteen million dollars. So I'm doing whatever I want, mm. and I don't have nobody that got a channel. Me and say, hey, Mike, come back. That's just a little bit too much. My, like, hey, Mike, come back, Mike. Let's oh. save for the future. They said it, but I didn't want to hear that shit. I don't want to put my money in no damn bank. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, well, You no. crazy? I want it yeah. in my house. I want to just blow it yeah. all, every second of it. You know, I'm an extremist. Like he said, he's dyslectic. I'm an extremist. I want to do it till I die. Wow. You know, that's just the way I am. I miss mean, I mean, all out. You
2: do it all for the day.
1: All out. All out. All out. all out.
2: But he gave the stamp. You gave a lot of stamps out there. Like, by you physically being at these events or these locations, like, you stamp. No, listen.
0: They stabbed me as well. Okay. You know, I, um, one hand washed the other. But you but you didn't hide behind anybody. So, I mean, that's what made, to me... Well, that's who the hip hop guys were. Yeah, but, but that's what made you a great champion, right? You know, it's like a, a few years ago, I took my kids on vacation to the Bahamas, right? And at the cabana next to us was Magic, right? So Magic touched every kid that came to hello, take a picture, the only time that he ever really wanted to be left alone when he was having lunch with his wife, Cookie. Otherwise he touched whoever needed whoever asked to be touched, you know, and, and spoke to. Smile, take a picture, come to the basketball court, you know. And that to me was part of your personality that made you just so great. Forget about, you know, the athleticness. I'm just talking about you as a person, which was incredible.
1: I don't know. Um fortunately it comes with the job, you know. But I like to think. This is what I would like to think. I would like to think, um, we were just street guys and that's where the respect came from we were all criminals with we were, we were robbers We stick up with with burglars mm. some of us are murderers, but we're everything but we all know each other that's just what it is so um it's wow crazy. yeah it is some guys you may think are animals they're my best friend
0: wow just the way it, it is it is i mean you, you know the one thing my dad and my grandfather always taught me is you treat a person how they you want to treat you, yeah, and how they treat you, right? So you you could be a, a serial a killer, and but at the end of the day, if you're treating me with respect and honor, I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna treat you the same way.
1: Oh yeah, um, I like that too. But I have a long list of people I hung out with. Who people think I'm an animal. We just oh, have shit. different relationships with them. You know, we just have different relationships with
2: them. Was there more fear back then, with you? Like with uh, fear was first. Now the fear all, is kind of like scattered around. Life
1: is all fear and love. Okay, that's what it's all about.
2: Oh, it was just j- those two right there. Mm-hmm. Oh you shit! Get the there's, fear. A th- there's a thin line. Once right?
1: you listen, once you're in love, you get scared. Oh shit! <laughs> that's <good>. Oh that <laughs> bitch! Cool. You know, you know the so Soon you're in love, you scared. Oh shit! I'm gonna do this shit. I'm digging her, but then. I just met her and I love her, but I was about the girl I was before. <laughs> oh, shit. So it's just, um, yeah. love is very scary. Yeah, yeah. Very scary. And so once you overcome that level of love, um, it's not as scary. And then what gets scary is that um, confrontation over little small things. And as you get older in your relationship, you realize we don't sweat the small things anymore. Oh, wow. But that's most most um destructions of marriage starts with the smallest little thing. Once you get over that smallest thing, because this is love. When you first meet your wife and you get married, you screw love, passion, all day all oh, love. Can't fix it, can't stop passion, passion. And then it comes a time where you don't do it that much. And then we gotta take care of business. And that's what it's all about. We 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 there's time for that, it's time for sex, it's time for love, and it's time for business. Time for, um Enterprise, taking care of our family, watching our children grow.
2: I'm sure Rifkin can relate to that running labels, running artists. Did you have like a normal, like, I mean, being like an exec is like you sacrifice
1: a lot of life. No, but no, I'm sorry to interfere. This is the first thing you have to notice. What I do for anything, whatever you do, it's like a narcotic. Once you once that camera get on I me mean, once mm. hey you look great on Toby, what then you get conscious on your appearance on Toby then you get once that happened that's the drug Toby the camera it got us addiction yeah it got us you got a phone right then you should be playing raid. Shadow Legends, otherwise you're missing
2: out. Raid is also available on PC as well as mobile. Raid's got something extra special happening now. They've released the legendary champion based off MMA and pro wrestling legend, Ronda Rousey, the Ronda Rousey, as well as taking on dragons and ice golems at her bare fists. Ronda's backstory is pretty cool. Taking some inspiration from her background in combat sports.
1: You can get Rhonda for free right now, whether you're new or a long time player. Just by logging into RAID, all you got to do is log in and play RAID for seven days between now and February 20th, and Rhonda's yours. That's all there is to do. To celebrate Rhonda's arrival, you can use the promo code Rhonda to get a bunch of useful in-game items to help level her up. Just enter the promo code in game, and all the goodies will be sent straight to your inbox.
2: And to kick off the new year, there's a fresh raid update with a bunch of new features, man, including a new season of the Forge Pass, all your artificers, the plurium Points program where you can earn in game goodies. That's a good word,
1: player I know,
2: including a legendary champion and more. Speaking of champions, Mike, there's a whole batch of cool new ones coming this month as well. I can't
1: wait to try them all out, man. I just can't wait. In preparation for Ray's fourth anniversary later this year, this month sees the launch of the Anniversary Titan event. This new type of event lasts for several weeks and will see you earning anniversary points by competing in special themed events. There are some truly amazing rewards up for grabs for taking part in this marathon event. So don't miss out. To all the new players, it's time to vote on your favorite starter champion. Download Raid from the link below. Copy your in-game player ID, then go to championselect.plarium.com, enter your player's ID, then vote for your chosen champion.
2: This vote runs from January 16th to February 10th, with all the eligible entrants being in with the opportunity to win awesome in-game and real-life prizes, including epic and legendary champions, in-game items, and even Amazon gift cards worth up to $1,000, man. Once the vote ends on February 10th, one champion will be crowned the winner, and the prize winners will be selected via a draw.
1: And don't worry if you're an existing raid player. You can still get involved. Just head to the championselect.plarium.com, and you can find a special promo code that everyone can use for a small in-game gift. But there's more. New players use my link or scan the QR code right here and get free starter pack with this cool end game loop. You will find your reward here in your inbox for the next 30 days only.
0: I mean, having a first hit record, you know, you winning the championship, me having my first gold record, wow. right? I mean, and, and then uh, you, when you go out, people feeling you, you right? You, yeah. you, you get addicted to it. I mean, it was like, I had um, Wu Tang's first album released 36 mm-hmm. Chambers. We had, it was at Webster Hall, and I don't know, I used to have hair down to here. <laughs> yeah, there, <that>, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and um, yeah, that Rick Rubin shit going on back then. <laughs> And, you know, the next night, you know, there was a d- Stretch Armstrongs yeah. DJing at a party. And um, I met the mother. She ended up being my wife, but also the mother of, you know, of, of my children. Oh, wow. I mean, and she was, you know, a top, top model, supermodel. And I was, I mean, it is an addiction. I mean, having some form of success is worse than crack. Yeah, be- 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 because, wow. be- because to me, they don't, they don't teach you. Well, they might teach you in college. I didn't go to college, and I, I didn't know how to read or write. So nobody said, this is what you got to do with this, that, or whatever. Um, and I, wouldn't, I was stubborn where I didn't listen. Like I said, I was petrified of my grandfather, and my father and uncle never really sat down and, and spoke to me because they didn't want to deal with me.
2: And they ran businesses like back then that's similar to what you were doing? That's crazy. I mean, they
0: owned a company called Spring Records. So That's crazy. I mean, they, my dad discovered James Brown. Yeah. I mean, I just showed you the video. Wow. And they, didn't want to, they didn't want to like huh? give you like any like
2: blueprint or any like ways of like, nah, the, like the
0: only blueprint that my dad really said is you treat people how you want to be treated. And if they treat you funny, you move on.
2: That's crazy. So everything you got was first. Every like impulse was like you selling like going going gold is, or platinum or whatever, you were like. You got everything first, everybody's getting it now. And then everybody's like, whatever I did, I sold a million and whatever, I'm cool. Or you got to sell like 10 million now or diamond or some shit to be like, but back then you'd had the core initial innocence of hip hop, like.
0: Yeah, I mean, like everybody was chasing, as everybody was going right and trying to chase radio, I was going left and chasing the streets, Mm. right? I have a corny saying the streets don't lie, right? So it doesn't matter what street you're on. You could be on 125th Street or Deo Drive. Whatever your foundation and base is, it is. How many times have you read a review about a movie or a restaurant that the restaurant is saying, oh, the food is the best food in the world and the food's garbage, or it's the worst restaurant in the world and the food's amazing. The movie Shawshank Redemption, one of my favorite movies. That movie was dead on arrival. It got killed in the reviews three years later. It came back and it's to me it's one of my top five favorite movies of all time.
2: I mean, you and Mike take chances on a lot of things in life. Like, a lot of the artists you signed, you took a lot of chances. Like, people were not. Yeah. People were like, what the fuck is
1: Steve doing? The bigger yo? the chance, the bigger the reward.
2: Like, Bob D, Bo's Depp. Like, how, how did you, like, believe in those guys? Like, now we look at numbers, we look at stats, streaming, and then, and that really uh, don't really, like, account to, like, I success. Mean,
0: streaming, you, you could look at, but but everything else to me is bullshit, right? Wow. To me, you, you still, you still got to, you still got to touch, you still got to feel it, you still got to smell it, right? So with Mob, it was like I knew I needed a follow up, something that could go hand in hand with Wu. So, have, and Prodigy was in the hospital, um you know, he was sick, yeah, sick as well. So, have comes to the meeting and they went to the bathroom to smoke. And this is like, you know, in the fire alarm, with the, uh, the <laughs> smoke, know, the, the water, you know, from the, ba- you know, from the, the ceiling department. Alarm. Right. So th- I guess they must have smoked a blunt in the bathroom. And th- we were in RCA's <laughs> offices. And all of a sudden the alarm goes off and like everything like that. And I was like, all right, these guys. <laughs> I mean, it was like, this would, be, I mean, it was a funny s- scenario, but from there, like my, my two ha- a&R guys at the time, I felt nobody was better. I mean, Maddie C, who mm, discovered Biggie. Yeah, that's right. And Scott Free. Um, Scott Free, wow. Right? So, they said, we got to sign the guys and we signed it and we didn't put out a record until we felt the record was right. Don't forget, Shook Ones Part 2, there was a Shook Ones Part 1. <laughs> yeah, original one, yeah. Right? Which did okay, but we brought it right back in. They said, something needs to change. I went back into the lab and that's when Shook Ones Part 2 came out.
2: When that song came out, Mike, you know, the violence was crazy. Out there. When Shook Oil was dropped, that was Listen. one of those records that when they came out of the club, man, it was like shootouts. He,
1: he that was a beat he used to battle somebody. Yeah. He didn't <laughs> battle them on it. You know yeah, what I mean? He like, didn't battle on it. Yeah, that's right. Oh, he should have battled on that one. That's the track he should have battled people on. <laughs> <laughs> Even right now, I see some. It's all a real dollar business. Bill,
2: I, I just don't know how Steve handled all the street elements of what comes with like well, signing those kind of artists. I don't like know. You mediators. have
1: you have the people who's familiar with the streets on mm-hmm. your team,
2: but these, but he had artists that had real street shit going on. Like, how did you balance that? Did you have to call the enemies? Did you have to like? I mean, hey. you're you're the mediator, so you were cool back then. You were the uh, cool. I mean,
0: guy. listen, you know, when the whole East Coast West Coast stuff, like Pac was my roommate. What? Like. On his first album, we lived together. Like, we would go on the road Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. He was living in, up in the Bay, but Inniscope was, he wasn't signed to Death Row at the time. He was signed to Inniscope through a guy, name Gabriel, a guy by the name of Atron Gregory. So he would stay with me. Wow. So when the whole East Coast, West Coast thing was really going on, I'm at House of Blues one day. I got a bald head. I get smacked in the head. So, right? What? So, yeah,
1: Mike here, Mike. Right?
0: so you don't know if it's a friendly smack or if it's like a real smack. <laughs> and, and I look, and it's him. And he goes, you don't say hello? Oh, I'm shit. like, man, I don't know where I stand with you. He goes, you tell those two guys, man, I'm just trying to be relevant. So <laughs> he wild. he wasn't really beefing. I mean, you yeah. you knew him much better than I did. The guy had a heart of gold. Well, can you know? when you say
1: we remember, they must have been an awesome guy. made me say that?
0: I mean... He had a heart of gold. He really did. Like, I had an office no bigger than this table. My first office, right? He would come to the office every single day, every time we were in town, and he would help me pack records. Wow. And he would sign the letters himself. Like the wax, he'll put it in his... The, the yeah, we
1: would yeah, we'd be there, yeah. <laughs> He's just... Um, in all that show, actually. Pat, Pac is the kind of guy... If you say, "Oh man, you're a beautiful guy," he might shoot you. You know, he always wanted to be a tough guy. He wants everybody know him as a tough guy. I Don't take no shit. I'm a, I'm a a boss. He always, and that's a fear factor too. You know, want to be a tough guy. Nobody mess with me. Better watch us to break the knee. You know, because um, it comes from being insecure as a child. That's why I always, I was always, I always had um, a low self esteem but a big ego. Mm -hmm. It came from fear. It came from people taking my shit, or oh, the kid beating your ass. Somebody took your shit, mate? Oh, man. Come on, man. Oh, Mike man. Tyson got bullied. Listen, bullies. Oh, man. <laughs> I would come home. You didn't even no, look like a kid. I would come home probably with no sh- no shoes someday, no coat <laughs> after they finished. Take took my hat and everything. Oh, God. Was it like adults fighting you or some shit? Like, what the fuck? I, once I learned how to fight, yeah, then I started fighting adults. <laughs> I was, just, I was bigger than the kids, I was just afraid, scared to death to fight. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's you, what what relationship you had with Pac? Was it, like, personal, too? or it was right, more I tell like- you.
1: We have time, so I'll tell you how this happened. One day, Magic Johnson was having one of his... He used to have his summer fest, fest parties, mm. and he was having it on Sunset, on the Palladium, in the Palladium. And the people who were... Um, Ran, who, I don't know, they had some kind of, they they invested, but they had a product that um, represented, I don't know, when they did a commercial or something, they invested in some product. But they were mad that they didn't get the recognition or something. I forgot the guy. These guys always do events. And the little one of Pac's friends came up, and he was a little guy. You could see the way he was dressed. They weren't going to Man, I said, come on, man, let this little guy in. You know how it was when we were <laughs> kids and stuff. Because um, me and these guys were crying about some stuff. They were crying about the uh, Magic didn't do something with the project or his team. And I was crying because I think my girlfriend or my wife, somebody left me. I know somebody <laughs> left me. We were <laughs> in a limo and we were all mad. <laughs> and then so when the guy did that, at this time, I said, hey, man, you know how it is. We, we cried together. Let these guys in. And then he came back and it must have been like 50 guys. And the guy said, Whoa. Too much. Let's go through the back. So, in the back, they let him in. Next thing you know, Pop got on stage. I don't know how he got the mic. And then he started rapping. And everybody went crazy. They loved his performance. And, then, and everybody just came rubbing his head, holding him. He just smiled, had the biggest smile in the world. He wow. lit the place up. Then, maybe three months later, I'm in prison in Indiana. Next thing I know, his mother writes and said, Is it possible my son said he met you and you got him in a. Uh, a club, and he wants to come visit you? I said, sure. And then he came to visit me in prison. Once he came to the visiting room, the people lost their mind. Wow. White guys, everybody started playing on crazy. And then he started. To, he, he got on the table, we went outside for the visit. I Come down, right now. Please, come down right now. Cause oh, he the guys the, yeah, he's talking about all these. Like, because oh, you know how Pac he's running. All them bitch niggas. Don't worry, this and that. And I'm like, hey, come say, Can you please get down right now? Get down. we're in prison. I said, get down. So, um, everybody loved him. The guards, everybody loved him. Soon they came in and said, yo, Pac, Pac. And <laughs> yo, crazy, he was just this guy that had this light. But some of his energy was misdirected. You know, I mean, was, you know, he, he could have been such a oh, he is such a monster. <clears throat> Every time I go to another country, Africa, no matter where, Spain. Well, yeah, they said Murals what was to, they said what was what was Tupac like? Every place, especially on my side of America, mm. you know, very few people ask me unless they're kids. But everywhere, even now, I say, what was it like being with Tupac? What was he like? What was he like? All over the world. But I like said this too. Um, hip hop, hip hop helped me as well. I would never have been like I am now if it wasn't for hip hop. Not like, no way. No way.
2: You have so, personals I mean, he was living with you. I mean oh, to what,
1: me, what, he would. Like? I mean, he had a heart of gold. Wow. Like, That's why I say he just wanted to be a tough guy. He wanted to look to be looking at him as a
2: tough guy. Like creating breakfast for you in the morning and shit. No, nah, he wasn't.
0: He I was <laughs> I, w- I, w- I was up early, but I but he would when he would wake up. Don't forget there were no cell phones yet. So he yeah. would he would call the office. He goes, What time do you need meeting in the office today? Like what do we need to do? Like this is uh, this is on the first so album.
2: You indirectly had Tupac as your intern, like like kind of like a Nah intern, I, I, I I looked
0: intern. at it as like That's crazy. They paid fun, me man. in those days, they paid me a lot of money and like as i keep on saying you, you, you treat people how you, you want to be treated right so and that's you know and then my thing is i'm a sports junkie right and then mm. especially a basketball junkie and my whole thing was if i could take one kid off the street and turn their life around oh yeah then i did, then i did my job so that's really where i am now but like i said We never had, like, when he smacked me that time, that, you know, it was was a love thing. Like, I haven't seen him. You know, he went away. I I sent him a letter or two. And then um, the whole East Coast, West Coast thing. And I was the only one who was allowed to go. I had offices on both coasts. So I had the alcoholics and exhibit out here. That's right. right? And I I had Wu and Mob, Pun, Flex on the East Coast. But, you know, my thing was always... You know? I mean was
2: it dangerous back then for you being in the exec? I mean I, I had interviews and stuff, like you know, you were in Source Magazine, you were in every magazine. Like um was it like with the East Coast, West Coast be was it where you were you worried?
0: I, I no nah. okay. I I did um get a death threat one time. What? Yeah. <laughs> um but that was indirectly not because of me. Okay. And that had nothing to do with East Coast, West Coast. I gave you a label deal. I give you a half a million dollars signing advance. Mm. You sign Mike. You owe Mike two hundred thousand dollars out of the half a million dollars I give yeah. you. You buy a house. Oh shit! Mm. I don't know, go- know where this is going. And he <laughs> goes, "Where's my money?" Yeah. Rifkin has your money. I have no idea who Mike even is. Mike is the one that's threatening us. What right? right? Threat. He, sh- he shot up the house. So I didn't do it. With no, me. no, 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 no. no. <laughs> but, but that's um, <laughs> Mike but, is crazy. But, but, but that. But once we found. That we squashed that in, in two fucking seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh my God, man. Let's get into the pun thing.
0: You know, mm-hmm. what happened to the Big Pun? I'm just hearing pun- that for the first time.
2: Yeah, like, you know, he, I mean, he just heard about my kidnapping when I got kidnapped by Pun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk off <laughs> I mean, he's not here listen, no more, but. Tell me, tell me. Because when I, when I think of kidnapping, from a you know like from a New York perspective, right? When I think of kidnapping, I think of somebody in a room, like in the cellar. either he's tied up, naked, or what was that like? What was that? <laughs> it, like, it's kidnapped.
2: it's very similar. But I was a naked tied up. No, we like, you in the They threw me in the car. Yeah. I, I was in the car with Pun. Like
1: so I, they saw you on the streets and threw you in the car.
2: They tricked me um, to come to Apollo. Some record I played. I made. I think I leaked. Probably got it from Clue or Envy. I don't know. But it was a different version. But that's during the Jay Z and Pun situation where they were like beefing with each other like cliques was like terror squad and Rockefeller. it was too much going on i'm sure you could give us a little tidbit on that but to fast forward i got tricked i went to apollo and then i saw some puerto ricans in the Benz, and i thought it was cool i thought they were gonna pay me to dj with flex but they didn't know who Who kid was you know because my mo was i was leaking stealing everybody's song but you never caught me but banned from TV, the music video was getting <laughs> shot. Somebody brought the tape to the video shoot. Nori, Nas, everybody's hearing this beef song or whatever. I don't even listen to lyrics, Mike. So I don't know. I'm just leaking, trying to make money. That song got punned so mad that he called me. What did he me?
1: say about him?
2: There was what no... Did say,
1: what did he say about him? Something about
2: dissing him, his mom, everything. Like, who knows? I heard it back again and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I played this shit. But I was the only one who played it. That's why he targeted me. So he tricked me to, to meet him in Apollo. I went to a cul-de-sac. You know what that is. Mike, you know the hood? Yeah. I followed him there, and then they threw me, I, you know, they, they blocked the van, blocked the view, the view of my homies, threw me in the van because I tried to back up. But when I closed my eyes, once I closed my eyes, I was in the van.
1: How, was, how high was your, feel, your fear level?
2: Because I, I, once I saw him, I knew it was the tape. I knew it was the, the song. You know, I was hiding, you know. Who what did
1: they say? they smacked? smack you this motherfucker? What? He was
2: talking Spanish, like, oh,
1: I I born, da, 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 Come on, like that. come on, tell the truth, what it
2: happened? <laughs> so, so the thing that's crazy, I'm kneeling, because remember, I'm in a van, so I have, I have to kneel. He's sitting, so I kneel. You can't stand in the van. I'm kneeling
1: Yelling to the dawn.
2: Yeah, so he's like, <laughs> I hate you, Mike. You know, so I tried to, like, uh, he said, yo, sit over there. I would, I'm going to tell you about this whole situation. So when I got up, there's a, you know, there's a tape in my coat, Falls on the floor. And I, I I was like, I started screaming, ah! like, I was, I thought, I thought it was it. Yo, Mike, stop <laughs> laughing, man. This is <laughs> fucked up, man. This is fucked up shit, man. I know you love what fucked up shit happened to me, man. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, he was very cool with it. He knew that I I have no, like, I don't know what the hell was going on. He was like, obviously, you don't know what's going on, but this is what's going on.
1: Who were they beefing like, with? Um,
2: JT It was like the whole Rockefeller, you know, the that club situation. And, you know, it's I'm, I'm sure Rifkin had to like... i like to listen. Verify all I mean, let, let's let Rifkin talk about that. You know
1: what I'm saying? Let but Rifkin not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who do you think won the beef? Someone had to win it. let no know Well, the, 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 pun,
2: well. The, the thing is, I, I indirectly put the song out, but they couldn't have... I think they couldn't have beef, right? Because at that time, you needed beef records to sell, like sell records. But Jay-Z had the song with, Rock, with uh, Foxy Brown, and then Pun had the song with Joe. So you can't have two rappers with R and B hits that was kicking ass, and you you know record labels can't, you know you can't like mutate that. That don't make no sense. It like, does So it's not like it was a Jay Z song dissing Pun, and then now you could you, know, you could put money in that. You know what I'm saying? Pun
0: never. This is a, for me. This is the type of guy Pun was. Still not a play is out, and um, he's getting show money. Yeah, that's exactly right. So. He comes back with the most beautiful Cuban link bracelet. That's mm. a big Punisher." The big shit, the big shit. Right? And um, I'm like, man, that's some bracelet. Like, show money. I mean, you know, you're we just talking about, like, how much he was getting a show. And I think, I think he was getting, like, 20000 a pop in wow. the, those days. Back then. You know, in those days, you could do three shows a night, especially in New York. Right? So I was like, that. he goes, man, I'm going to get you one if we go gold. I'm like, pun, we're shipping gold. Like, stop it. Oh snap! He goes. I, mean, I go. We're shipping a million, like, and I don't want one. He goes. If we do two million, I'm like, I'm going to get you a bracelet. I said, pun. We're going to do at least three to four million. Like, stop it, and I don't want. <laughs> he, he goes, whatever. So, <laughs> he we agree on a number on three million. Wow. A year comes by, and um, one of not my not my, my A&R, but one of my marketing guys comes. He goes. Pun wants to um, come and talk about the second record. I'm like, does Joe know? He, goes, Don't forget, he was signed to Joe. Mm-hmm. He goes, Joe's coming. Joe's going to be in the meeting. I'm like, as long as Joe knows, you know, and they, they were brothers, and I would never make, if I spoke to Pun just to see how he was feeling, I would always call Joe and say, Joe, I just spoke to Pun, see so how, you know, just, that's how I'm always just transparent with everybody that I'm in business with. So Pun comes. And he gained more weight than mm-hmm. he did. And um, he sits down. And I was just fucking around. I said, man, you're full of shit. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, you said you were gonna get me your bracelet at three million. I'm, I'm literally fucking around. Yeah. And we're, we're closing in on four. And um, where's my fucking bracelet? He takes it out a box and he throws it at me. And it's the bracelet with, <laughs> with 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 my name on it. What? So, and that was our relationship. It was just always, like, you give your word, you know. Oh, yeah. It, it's your word. I've never seen him scream. I've never seen him, like, I've had some laugh. Like, he did a joke on me one time. It almost killed me. Oh, you were you like... I th- no, I came, he introduced <laughs> me to Remy. Oh, wow. Right? So... His, he's redoing his house where he just bought a house, but he was staying at the White Plains Hotel. I, forget, I think of the, the Plaza in mm-hmm. the White Plains. And I go to his room, doors open, and he's acting like he's fucking dead. Oh, hell no. Right? What? And it literally almost killed me until oh, I was like, oh. man, I start screaming, like, somebody called 911, somebody called 911. He's still going through with it. And he's like, until he just starts laughing his ass off. <laughs> he goes, man, you really love me. You really love me. I'm like... You motherfucker. Is. Like sure.
2: that's crazy. Your label was very on some like close relationship type shit. Almost everybody.
0: Yeah, because yeah. L- listen, you know, t- to this day, have you ever had a manager before? Mm, somewhat. You have, right? Yeah. What's that? A manager? Or you know, like yes, yes. over your shit, yeah. At the end of the day, you need the artist or your client to be happy and to understand what's going on, right? So, because if you say, hey, Mike, I need you to go to Atlanta and go to V103 and see Greg Street, you mm-hmm. know? And if you're bitching about the label or bitching about me or, or whatever, it is, you know what I'm saying? It's So, it's just, to me, it's about transparency and saying, all right, this is why we got to go to V103 and see Greg or this, that, or, you know? And I'll tell you, because I won't fight over money. I had a group called Dead Prez who oh, yeah. would, who, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> but, 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 thir- but 30 years later, we're, we're great now. You know, they would just fuck the system. Oh, okay. Right, and yeah, and they said, you know, I, I, I own this, I own that, but but w- we made peace. And to me, if we were on the same page, if I had that, rela- if I had the relationship that I had with RZA, Ray, and Meth, and Ghost, that I had with Stick and M1 in those mm, days, yeah. they would have been the biggest group I ever had in my life. Yeah, that good man. I mean, 50 Cent did their freestyle over.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, and gonna, yeah, that's a huge record, man. But I, I guess there was issues back then that kind of like... Hey, yeah, this no is rest. what I wanted to
1: talk about. Mm. What percentage are of the artists will be able to retire after they finish, um, su- um, retire successfully financially after they finish? You say, I don't want to do it no more. I mean, and what percentage that really happens that they live the, laugh, the lavish life like Puffy and those guys? What's that percentage?
0: Um, that was signed to me? Mm-hmm. No. In, uh, in general, business. Yours too, though. Yeah. I mean, overall, I want to say 2% tops. Wow. That's low. I mean, that could really re- live the life mm-hmm. that Puff lives, or George J lives. I think it's the same way in fighting too, matter of or, fact. And not only fighting, I think in in in, 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 in all sports, yeah. right? In, yeah. Even acting or just. We're
1: all we're all um trying to reach that level, that ceiling that they started for us. That's what it is, you know. Yeah, you're right. That's low as fuck. Yeah, but that two percent is being inspired by that, and that tenth of us percent, the greats. You know, it's all about what what inspires you.
2: Who, who did you used to hang with in Wu Tang? Who was who were you close with?
1: I like Ray Kwan. I didn't ever hang out with Rizza. Hmm. But Ray and those guys. And then one of these niggas said, I don't know, <laughs> that I robbed his mom. What are you talking about, yo? What? One of these guys, what was this one guy? In Wu-Tang? What was this guy's name?
2: Was it uh it was like you god or one? Yeah, of those guys. one of those guys. Yeah. You remember that too? I I saw it somewhere. Yeah, I like robbed But that's his like mom. back in the days. Like yeah, you, that robbed rob mom. mom in the street somewhere. Well, i took a bracelets and a yeah.
1: ear, ear I guess a earrings. But I told him um, I'll make up for it because I have money now. <laughs> <laughs> so you want me base bango, earrings, <laughs> yo, that's the bracelets. Crazy. You get a rumor out
2: the way. Like, I heard uh, uh ODB robbed. Like, your speakers. No, he didn't rob it. He didn't rob it. He went in your office and took all the speakers. (laughs) That was an
1: interesting guy.
0: (laughs) Oh, That was an interesting Uh, guy. Can you get this all the way back? All right, (laughs) so... No, he didn't rob. So, this... (laughs) This was the story. He called me up. And he says, the speakers in the conference room, can I have them? Oh, shit, okay. I'm Uh, like, what do you need them for? He goes, I'm going, I'm cutting some stuff or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't <laughs> I don't give a like the speakers. I mean, right? Ugh. So he comes in the problem was we were having a staff meeting. I wasn't there. I was in LA. Oh, so the staff was like, what the So he goes <laughs> in and, and and takes the fucking speakers. And everybody's like, yo, he, he took them right? out of here. Right. Right, <laughs> so then rich who is my president and my childhood best friend me up he goes did you tell dirty i'm like yeah he goes what, why didn't you tell me everybody's freaking out that he stole the i'm like he didn't steal shit like he called like <laughs> so i'll tell you this is but dirty also had an amazing heart i introduced dirty to quincy jones wow we had the same
1: what did we have? what's that guy name? This Polish gentleman, we, we had the same. What was it? Do I call my psychiatrist? No, I told my psych doc. Yeah, maybe my <laughs> psych doc. That's a good word for him. And he told me his name is Russell, huh? Ru- uh,
0: yeah, Russell Jones. Yeah,
1: he'd always with Russell. This, Russell that, yeah. Russell this.
2: How was it the control DB? Like there was no control, huh? You, you,
1: you,
2: I just hang you with him. He just drops at high nights. I mean, nice mean stuff stuff.
0: just like he, the mania. To me, <laughs> uh, it's you let you you you, you can't. Like when I was here, not the last time I was here, just listening to you guys, right? You were talking about your tigers, mm-hmm. right? You, you just gotta let people be people, like, mm. and just like, and there, and there has to be a trust. So when he did, we were up for the two or three Grammys, and he bought these suits. He bought a suit. I was there. I, I mean, wear
1: a suit. What was that
0: suit Yeah, here? yeah. With the Wu Tang <laughs> for the children. <laughs> Mike's right? everywhere. Man. So, Mike. So yeah. I live across the street from Radio City. So I'm having, like, a cocktail party. I already knew we lost. So I, I was pissed because, you know, you get mm. to the call, they weren't really showing hip-hop then, right? Okay. So the publicity people said, hey, it's, t- it's time to go. I'm like, I'm not going. He, he goes, so he goes, what do you mean you're not going? I said, we lost. He goes, what do you mean we lost? I said, I got to call hours ago. We, we, you know, we lost. He goes, I bought this fucking suit for no fucking reason, like this, that, <laughs> or whatever. He goes, I'll be right back. So I live diagonally, Radio City's on 51st Street. I lived on 55th Street and 6th. And he goes, I'm watching a meeting, I'm watching the Grammys. And all of a sudden, I see him on stage and said, Wu-Tang is for the children. Wow. Fire. He comes walking back to my house. <laughs> knocks on the fucking door. And he says, how'd I do? <laughs> <laughs> and, um... I said, you'll probably be the biggest celebrity in the world within the next 20 minutes, right? And the phones just start ringing and start ringing. And then, like, Howard Stern called him. Right? Wow. And he did Howard Stern the next morning. I mean, it, it was...
1: You never had a ball,
0: huh? You
2: had a ball with that shit, huh? Was it, was it your idea to put him with R&B singers, like, the the most two different... Like, he's ODB and Mariah Carey, like... No, that was Mariah, actually. Oh, Mariah Carey called for him? Yeah. Holy shit. Because that was her song. That wasn't his. Yeah. That is crazy. I thought y'all were, like, concocting, because I remember back then, R&B was kicking ass, mm. and hip-hop was, like, second... No, band. but
0: even yeah. when Pun did the Joe record, that was Pun and Joe. Wow.
2: Was there, like, a, a war zone out there with all the other labels? Like, every time somebody dropped, you'd be in the office, like... The fuck, man! And then you gotta put another song out. You got, you got Rockefeller. You got Dev Jam.
0: You got Sony. You got a lot Drive. of competition,
2: though. Nah, you got all yeah. this shit going but, on. like you know, all these labels. Like, but
0: but at the end of the day, it's like you got to worry about yourself, right? So when you're running a race, if you look over your shoulder, you get a trip. Oh shit! So I I just stay focused on us. Like I was happy for Damon J. Matter of fact, I was in business with them. We did paid in full together. That's right. Wow. So so at, at at the end of the day, I just, I just focused on us being the best label that we could possibly be and signed the best artists that we could possibly have. You know, I was happy for Jay. We are, you know, there were times, you know, I would want to smack the shit out of him, mm. but otherwise, Russell, you know, my dad gave Russell his first record deal. Wow. With Jimmy Spice a Dollar Bill, y'all. So I've known Russell since I'm 17 years old. So, when he was a thug, huh? When he was a
1: thug, huh? Tough thug. Who, Russell? Yeah. yeah that was never him. <laughs> <laughs> no, but listen, um, no. <laughs> i remember listen. If you wouldn't know, Russell never looked like that all the time. I listen, when did. no, like the 80s, he did look like it He had the rough beard <gasps> and, and the, the balls were uh, uh, looking tough, got the hat on. Chain smoking? Got the big, tough black guy mm-hmm. with him.
2: Oh, yeah, he used to have some big goons with him all the time. He had Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> That's his cousin, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny we're talking about looks. In the Wu Tang uh TV show, why they made you look nerdy Like you were like the guy that was swagged out back in the days. You always had all the ill gear. Like you almost look Puerto Rican. Like why they make you look like that? I don't you know. Nerdy white I mean, I,
0: I had a conversation with him. <laughs> I I I wasn't I wasn't I, I wasn't really worried how I looked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was more upset on how they um portrayed my dad. Oh, okay. Yeah
1: tell me about that
0: um if you met my dad like you know when you could see somebody's eyes like he could kill you with his eyes oh wow like he doesn't have he never, he never raised his voice he never did this it was always like pointing a finger here doing this that or whatever and um my dad had a pass in every fucking city you ever went to so but they betrayed him as, this, like, if you thought that I look corny. They, oh, they, they defied him like worse than that? Like, yeah. cornier? Like, yeah. what? Yeah. Like know. an accountant. Oh, uh, hell no. Your father? Yeah. So, that, and my, and, I, and I just lost him at the time, too. So, I was, I was mm. really upset. Oh, him. man. So, you were furious. I know Rizzo was trying to do a favor by putting mm. him in there. Yeah. But. The Wrong writers was right. Yeah nobody nobody know yeah
1: i don't know if you're ready are you ready to tell these people about your father your family yet um hey don't do it if it's not cool yet
0: i mean
2: i mean james brown is enough for me holy shit! i never even i never knew this that's insane
0: you know my dad knew some um my dad and my uncle and my grandfather um Knew some pretty powerful people, you know? You interviewed one of them. I told you one night.
1: Mike, yeah. Mike Fanchese. Wow. So, I talked to him two days ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, of
1: course, Mike. Mike is
0: gangster. Yeah, nah, so Michael's dad, who to me was probably the most powerful Italian beside Lucky Luciano. Oh, wow. Um, was best friends with my grandfather. Grew up with my grandfather. Wow. So they were. Do we, by any time, can we hear your grandfather's name or something? Oh, uh, my grandfather's name was Harry. Right, Harry. You know what? No, and his nickname was One Punch Harry. Really? Yeah. OK.
1: One Punch <laughs> Harry, y'all.
0: <laughs> I mean, you being uh, a kid
2: at that time, like, how was the interaction? You were really away just getting in trouble and stealing clear? You
0: know, my grandfather taught me this. Every time I could, he could be at my house and I could see him 10 times I would have to kiss him hello and kiss him goodbye. Oh and shit. Every time I saw him. And I said to him, I said, "Grandpa, why do I have to kiss you?" He goes, "You never know this might be the last time you ever see me." And you oh, got and you got to do the same thing to your father and and your uncle. Wow. Um you know, they they just came from a diff- a, a different school of respect. Like they respected the world. But if you crossed them, it was It was crazy i mean i i found out a a few months ago movie the bronx tale when they shut the club down yeah with the bike with the bike yeah i didn't realize my grandfather was in there my father was in there um like in the real yeah in the real deal yeah and michael's father was in there
1: and you met michael before
0: yeah michael I, i looked at him as always you know he's older than me but i I looked up to him as a big bro. I never saw a guy, you know, that young, you know, driving a Mercedes. And like I said, I've always just looked at people for how they, they treated me. I was told the most gangster shit in the world is <clears throat> changing your life around.
1: <clears throat> and I texted that to him.
0: Shit, man. Michael did a movie called Knights of the City. And it was supposed to be a breakdance movie. So he hired me to um, do the soundtrack, as a soundtrack supervisor. So, Curtis Russell brings in um, Curtis Blow. This so this is ninety. When did the Fat Boys come out? Uh, Ninety. No, not ninety. No, eighties. Eighty-seven. Eighty-five. Really? 84. Early. Well, years, you know what? Uh, you know you know what they were called before the Fat Boys? No. Disco go? Go three. Oh shit. Fat Boys better. So um. Too, man. So, Curtis brought the Fat Boys up to the office, and they're doing the Snake on the Floor. Oh no! Hell no! Right, and <laughs> so. <laughs> Michael was there, and, and, and like, Michael had an eye for talent. Like, he goes, I got to put them in the movie. And oh. he did. And he they were in the movie with, with Curtis. You know, it was Curtis Discovered the Top Boys. That's crazy. Fat boy. Yeah. we down by law. I'm going to eat it down there. <laughs> Oh, the Disco
2: and all the other movies they did. Like,
0: yeah, well, th- that it started, but it it, it really started their career because they were still when the Fat Boys they were called the Disco Three when we put them in the movie. Then they changed the name to Fat to Fat Boys, boys. The fat boys. Man. and then Crush Groove came, and that scene, uh, where there's Zars or something, you know, they, okay. and that just took them to a whole different level.
1: I love the Fat Boys too. They were <clears throat> those were the guys I saw performing in. Um, Latin Quarters and stuff like that. And they had that song, okay? Mel- yeah, M- yeah, Melly Mel, those guys. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Melly Mel, box the bell. Fast, fast forward to like the current
2: times. When, when did you first meet Kanye? Like, I'm sure this is, everybody has a Kanye initial first
0: meeting story, like the producer Kanye. Kanye did hip hop. Back then? like Nah, he produced, he was the producer. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Give us the. So I didn't know. I only met Kanye really five years ago. Really? Yeah. Like, so we never like because I you know, I let Maddie free and then Chauncey came and let them do the A and R stuff. I you never you never heard me hang out in the studio. Mm. Oh yeah. I don't ever even see nah, one I mean, the studio. I mean I would stay at the office till nine, ten o'clock at night. There was a strip club called VIP. <laughs> I would hang out there. they lived, downtown, right? Yeah, 21st <laughs> yeah, Street. I, they put yeah. they, 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 they put a phone in there for me. Oh snap. What? Yeah, so because I was working twenty-four-seven. That's what you'd be like. <laughs> so I would go to I would go to City Crab for dinner and then go to VIP. And just if it's DJs, don't get we had the marketing company, I would bring clients mm-hmm. in, but I would be working. Wow. The, the whole time. So I never went to the studio because to me only bad things could happen to the, in the studio.
2: Right? So mainly AR is kinda like dealt with Kanye more,
0: like the sub guys. Yeah, but I met Kanye at a Japanese restaurant. He was there with somebody that worked for Latin. Is Nobu or some shit? Matahisa, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So oh, wow. <laughs> I had this idea that I wanted to, um, we were going on 25 years with 36 Chambers, and I wanted to take nine of the most relevant rappers today and redo 36 Chambers. Oh, wow. And I wanted to do it with all of Kanye's artists with good music. Mm. So I go to his office the next day, and um, he was leaving. We had the meeting, and he, and me, and Rizzo went up there, and it, w- it was cool. So he's talking about basketball, <laughs> and he's what like, he goes like, "I'm playing in a game tomorrow at UCLA." I'm like, "Really?" And he goes, "How do I get in the game?" So he goes, "Just come." And I said, "So my son, mm. I don't, I don't like to lose. So my son's <laughs> right over there. He played college ball." I said, "Can I bring my son?" And he just graduated. He didn't want to play overseas, ass. Like, right? I like. So <laughs> we just started becoming cool mm. so like a few weeks later he, they're wearing some sneakers i've never seen they weren't easy they were yeezys but they weren't you know like the drawings, Yeezy. Like the no they were they were they were easy sneakers but yeah. they, they said this is our basketball shoe and i'm like you're doing a basketball shoe wow. i said like do you know i consulted nike for 12 years i was phil knight's personal consultant like oh shit so he goes what do you mean i'm like i consulted phil like Phil Knight, before Nike, there was a company called Blue Ribbon Sports. Phil had a son named Chili T that wanted to be a rapper. His name was oh, Travis yeah. Knight, he was one of yeah, the biggest yeah. animations guys. He sent me That, songs, that so. Hank Shockley did the album. Oh, wow. From Public Enemy. Yeah. They called me to do the marketing of the album. And that's how the consulting um, began with, with Nike. So I told him that. So he goes, so he calls me out of the blue. He goes, can you come back up to the office? So I I, dr- I go up to Calabasas, and he goes, I want you to do this for me. I'm like, all right, no problem. But the politics with the people that work for him were blocking it, and it was just like mm. it was just taking too long. I said, Yay, I love you. Like, let's just keep on doing basketball. Um, the day before, two days before New Year's, he calls me again. He goes, What are you doing? I said, I'm on my way to my youngest son's game. We played. He he played high school ball. Mm. He goes, I want you to come in and run, good music, for us and teach, um, the guys who work there now and just mentor them. I'm like, what? I'll speak. I'll be. I'll see you in an hour, right? And um, we worked something out, but I didn't know if it was real or not. Who's going to block it until New Year's Eve morning? Comes he goes. What are you doing tonight? I said nothing. Nick. I'm going to be with the kids. He goes. Why don't you and the kids come up to the house for New Year's? And what I'm saying, was less people at the house than there were here right now. And it was literally just family. Wow. So I said, all right, it's real. And then th- that, that's how that started our relationship. Crazy, man. And it was my first time working ever since a heart attack. Because so I stopped working.
1: Mm. I'm, in the, I'm in the nigga at my show.
0: I was doing one of those
1: Mike Tyson shows on the speed and him, 50, and a couple of those guys. Then we went backstage and took pictures. So it's like you you got the rapper one or the, the producer one or um no he's just who he is kind Kanye's of just who he is. Okay. You know? Doesn't talk to me, it's he's cool, he's just who he is.
2: How was that experience walking into uh uh you know good old Nori and him drink chances? So
1: you were in that movie, you were in what? What you were just saying?
2: Oh no, he's in drink Champs. He,
1: this, no, you know. no, I'm. I'm I, I got twisted for a minute. Oh, well, I was on drink chaps too. And don't they? What the fuck are doing? Oh, with, with that? I mean, with I'm the whole just getting a shot. I mean, it, it's. Shot. I mean,
0: you you were drinking those shots? No, he
1: was hitting those shots. He, he has shot. this thing called sh-
0: Tiger Shark or something like that. I mean, it's like. I mean, I don't drink, so. Uh, it, listen. It,
1: I'm looking at this guy taking him down. Yeah, and that's for the knockout. Yeah. <laughs> Another one, yeah. Nah, they caught you with it. You, you were out of here. I would never do that. Because oh. uh, I'm a I'm a junkie alcoholic as it is. Oh, okay. But um, I would never do that. But i was just looking at him just taking those shots, taking those shots. When I first met Norby, he was, he was a fake son, but now, god damn. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that sugar, it's the sugar. Yeah. That's what happens to me when I do. I'm, listen. I'm the only fat cokehead I know. Everybody <laughs> everybody I know, I know that do fucking coke is a fucking little uh, fucking nail. Yo, like I do coke and I'm the fathead. Me and Nicole, just the fat head, fat coke, I'm the fathead, fat <laughs> cokehead. How's that happen? How, you how's know? your
0: how's your blood sugar now?
1: Everything's perfect, man. Yeah. Thank God. But I can't even believe I su- survived that shit, man.
0: Me too. God, God damn! I mean, these are bad heart attacks, man. My yeah. God, like a heart attack. Yeah, like, but but quitting coke was probably the worst thing I ever did. In my life. I mean, that was the hardest thing. The really? heart the heart attack was easy compared to the coke. What? Holy Just turns you into a zombie monster. Don't care
1: about nobody. Fuck my children. <laughs> <laughs> what? Motherfuckers, you become
0: like another
1: individual, man. huh? No, you become the devil.
0: I was um super it, it, anti. It was it was bad. But with with drink champs, I was dropping a car off. Yeah, that's why I'm like, what does he do? How do? You, why is he in there? Like, I was like, oh shit. Nah, I was literally when I land, one of Norris guys gives me a car. Glee. So random like that. I had to take a piss. I'm going I'm, to the From air. all
1: this conversation that I'm hearing, you're the fucking god of hip hop, man. They are leaving your cars. You, they get, you're like, he a, walks you're in. like the hip hop guru. What's he, what, that guy name? What's that guy name? That he comes, you give he gives you
0: um advice and confidence. It's <laughs> so our guru. Well, yeah, wait. wait. So wait, wait, I gotta take a piss. My girlfriend has to take a piss. And I'm like, why is there so much security? You were there? No, I saw it I oh. saw it in the clip. So I'm like, why is there so much security here? They said, Kanye's here. And I was like, I want to get the fuck out. And my girlfriend must have gotten um, lost. She goes right instead of left. Mm. So I'm. you can't scream like, hey, you know. <laughs> so I'm trying to gra- g- grab her like, let's go. And he sees me. And I haven't seen him in two years. Wow. Not that there was no beef, nothing, right? Yes. Right? And he goes, my... my and he goes, my favorite Jewish homeboy. And I was like, and this is when he, you know, and I was like, his yeah. Rant. He was going through his rant stage. Right? And you came right up. And um, and I was like, if you play nice, you'll have the world in the palm of your hands. Mm-hmm. But is he going to play nice? He. So this is the thing. So whoever he's mad at, take it out with that person. T- to take it out on everybody else. Yeah. Is wrong. You know, and you know, and so I said, just play, like he has that personality where you wanna love him, right? But just play nice and explain what, whatever the fuck is going through your mind, just explain it and you don't have to do it in an angry way. You know, and it was like the, the same thing. Um, I'm on this committee, Black Jewish relations, right? And Kyrie, I don't even know what the fuck Kyrie did, but it was like what, what, when I was taught. From my father, if somebody's down, you don't kick them. You lift them up, and you help them, and you have a and you have a conversation, and you communicate, and you and you figure out what the problem is, right? It was wrong what the Nets and the NBA did to him. Mm. What did they do? They suspended him for right. like what ten games, you know, stuff like that. St- st- for a movie. When, when, and I'm and I'm and I'm Jewish. Tell me
1: about this movie shit. Come on, when, I didn't
0: I didn't even see the movie, right? So. But my thing is, you don't kick anybody where they're down. Like, you know, it's like, figure out what what, what the issue is. I I
1: disagree with that. Because um, if, you, if the guy's down and you don't kick him, even if you do kick him, his whole objective is to kill you. So if you let him up, he's going to kill you anyway. So that's just my objective.
0: Has anybody ever been down? Huh? Has anybody that you know been down? where well, you didn't knock him down, but just... Got down, got whatever it was, and you, you give him, you lift, you give him your hand to help pick him up, and yeah. then yeah, but that we're talking about in the world.
1: My my objective to um, dismantle you. If I don't do it, he's gonna do, it. and that's the world we live in too, you know, unless we become one.
0: When I got fired from the company I started, wow, from Sony. I couldn't have been more depressed, more down. I didn't get out of bed for two, three fucking days. My wife at the time calls Heavy D. They were like brother and mm-hmm. sister. Wow. Hef comes to the house with my dad. Smacks me in the face. Not, you know, yeah, like, like, like
1: anybody smacks you. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> no, just change. You, you, you smack this guy. Yo, nah, you,
0: uh, you know, <laughs> in, in, you know, and he said, this should be the best day of your career. You've been asking for this day for years. Because I I was miserable being at Sony. Go in the shower, let's go to lunch. And, in, like, and he motivated me. The next day, I did a deal with Universal. Started a new company. Two weeks later, instead of feeling sorry for myself, I found an artist by the name of Akon. Oh, wow. We envied him, too. Yeah. So that's what I mean, like, if you see somebody down, like, not necessarily are they going to kill you. Like, you, they, you might be down for mental reasons. I, I was down. I, wouldn't get a, I was feeling sorry for myself. I was playing the victim myself.
1: Mm-hmm. In my um, situation, we know our we know what we're here for. Yeah, you know, that's why maybe maybe in a situation as a normal person, yeah, but somebody that we both know what we're here for. You know, no one gets up. It's just them mm-hmm. and you. Yeah,
0: you, you, one, that, that part I'm not disagreeing yeah. with what you're saying, but I'm I'm talking about where it's it's a mental thing. Well,
1: I'm I'm a big um, believer in mercy and forgiveness, but some people um, they don't believe in that.
2: Do you feel that Kanye gets uh, forgiven for a lot of stuff he does, like, or... Or, no, and I, over,
0: or I think somebody... I think Kanye really... First of all, the people on Kanye's team, and I hope they're listening to this, really speak their truth. Like, they just still yes him to death. Yeah. Right? And he needs people who are going to say, hey, you're wrong, or try doing it this way, or try doing it that way, instead of saying yes, 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 yes. And... That, that's, you know... I just want to know this. What do they
1: mean when they say Kanye saying is right? What does that mean? I heard people say he's right. What does that mean? Have you ever heard that? Regarding the Hitler Yeah, no, yeah, all that stuff, yeah. Yeah, I mean... What the, no, no, no. What's that about? See... Kanye, right? Kanye could uh, ignite people who hate him to attack those people and make it all right. Like he gets some, some Nazis, some guys, that could inspire one of them. Because everybody's saying, you're right, you're right, you're
0: right. You did. No, that's where, um, and, and that's where he has to, like, talk to somebody and just, instead of going public with this, because you have such a following and people listen to every word that you say. Like, I, I did, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I didn't know on my mother's side of the family, 85% of her family got killed in the Holocaust. Mm. My mom, as I said, she smokes five joints a day. 80, she's 89 years old. She called me, I've, never, I've seen my mother cry once when my dad passed. She called me and said, What is he fucking doing? Mm. See, she gets it. She gets it. So it's one
1: pamphlet could fucking ignite people. Imagine what somebody with that fame can do.
2: You know, it's just the, I guess, when they take advantage of the media, because I think he put the list up of Hollywood. That's where the yes thing came from. He's right. Because the list was like, this guy who runs this department in Hollywood is Jewish. This guy who runs, like, this, this company is Jewish. So he put the list up. So everybody was like, yeah, he's right. But it's like you're dealing with, like, the abuse of, like, putting it out there, like, and it's uncontrollable. So you got,
0: there's a lot of ignorant people No,
1: here. listen, if you put something out, out there, you have to take responsibility
0: for it. That's what that. I'm saying. Yeah, Yeah. does he really want to have blood on his hands? Which, that, again, I don't think that's in his DNA. What, whatever he's angry about, that he got a bad record deal.
2: Mm. It should be an individual,
0: like, like energy put on like, that one person. Figure that out. Like, yeah. speak to your lawyer. Like that that's not I know Jay and Dane would never cross you. Wow. right? So who who was your lawyer who did that deal? right? and understand the the business. right? I mean, everybody like signed like when I did my first deal, I didn't know what the fuck I was signing. I signed it. and then I had I knew like because of my dyslexia. I knew what my weakness was, right? So I brought in my childhood best friend who knew he was gonna be a lawyer at the age of 10. His name is Rich Isaacson. I'm like, what's a lawyer? I didn't even understand what a lawyer was. And he went to an Ivy League school. He went to an Ivy League law school, working at one of those top firms out of law school, making a few hundred thousand dollars a year. And I convinced him to quit. Oh, wow. He was making literally two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars a year. I said, I can only afford to give you fifty thousand dollars a year, and I'll give you twenty percent of the company. And he did it. And I had somebody that I trusted with my life, that would go. And he didn't practice law anymore with me, but he made sure everything was there. And he never got to credit enough, you know, with me was I was always the, the front guy, yeah. but I really owed him. A lot because there was one like when we were selling to Sony he was the one not the lawyers that we paid millions of dollars to oh, where, where but he was the one that found a loophole in the deal that we would still get royalties on Wu-Tang's first album Mob Deep's first album and Raekwon's first album for life wow and that was him so Rich I don't know if I ever thanked you personally but thank you again How do the artists feel about that? The the artists are still getting paid. This was was, was coming from the Sony. Yeah, that was pretty cool.
2: Yeah. Like I said, I mean, do do you get annoyed with the whole stigma of like the Jews run everything? Like, we've been hearing this for like as long as I've been in the industry, it's the same shit. Jews
0: run this, Jews run that.
2: You being Jewish, like, what's your view on that
0: that stigma? It's. I mean, I'm Jewish, it, it's, it, it's, it's fucked up. The best people should have the best jobs, right? So if you understand the business and you that you're in and you respect the business that you're in, I think the reason why I have such longevity is I show the respect to the artist and I show respect to the business. And to me, music is the closest thing to God. Music is probably the thing that saved my life. Right? It mm-hmm. can make you laugh, it can make you cry. I never considered myself an a and guy. I always considered myself a promotion guy. So that's really, you know, where I come from. So it should be the best person that has the best job. I mean, who's qualified for the best job. Exactly. You think you met your biggest fear by having a heart attack? What's your biggest fear? Having my heart attack, my two biggest fears in life were having, having a heart attack and tearing my Achilles. Ooh. And I did both. I died three times.
1: Hey, tell us a little bit about that. I see, I see him over here shaking his head. What does yeah. that
0: mean? I mean, I was just talking about it. I'm, 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 I'm pointing.
1: I'm pointing.
0: I'm pointing to my son. <laughs> did you see that shit going? What <laughs> the fuck you doing, man? Um, <laughs> it was. I was living. I was living here, but I was also living at my ex-wife's guest house in Boca. Okay.
1: How's that happen? Tell me how that works out. Show me.
0: I paid her rent for the guest house. Oh, shit. (laughs) He was a senior. I keep on pointing to him, but my son Alex was a senior in high school. And I said he ended up playing college ball. And, um. Hey, this is your boy right here, right? Right, yeah. What do you
1: mean you keep missing? Who are you pointing at?
0: Well, you can't see him on camera, so I'm I'm just pointing to him. (laughs) That's it right there. Um, the homie right there. So it was Christmas Eve, and me, him, and my youngest son. We're playing basketball <clears throat> and I couldn't breathe. I wasn't having chest pains, I was having back pains. Oh wow. And I walk into the house and um, his mom was setting up Christmas dinner for the for, for you know the next day. And um, I'm like, something's the matter. She goes, just take a shower and go to sleep. And um, I walk into the guest house, I call 911, I take a Xanax, maybe you think about us having a panic attack took a shower the ambulance came and we were talking about it earlier thinking that all my vitals were fine and said no we got to take you in right now and i fat i flatlined in the ambulance um and then i flatlined two other times in the hospital and then right. they, i mean i got a battery on my side that just keeps my heart going and then when i finally came through you know that, that breathing tube i just I fucked up. My, I ripped it out, and I screwed up my whole iron. I could I couldn't talk for like five months. Yeah. So and I didn't know how severe the heart attack was. It was my first time ever in the hospital. I was in St. box telling everybody, to leave. I thought, Hey yo, yo, hey
1: man, see Steve Buff? He lives in my complex. He lived in my to- complex mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah, and they the, uh, the also ask, How's he doing? Is he okay? <laughs> Yeah, so in my mind, I'm saying something must have happened. For everybody keeps saying, "You okay? How's he look?" I he looks good to me. So that's why I was yeah. trying to get that out of you when last time we was on the phone. Elicit it from you. I'll be in Boca tomorrow. We'll be there in three days. We live in the same circumference. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. Not far from each other. That's crazy. It's like ten houses away. Oh, that's right. Away. <laughs> out, yeah. so, how, so how's life over It's good? You love it? The weather?
1: I love Perfect. it because we went there for my kids. Okay. You know, this is the last we smoked weed on any show we ever been on. But um, is Bo- Bo- Boca's boring, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm listening. It's flat, it's boring. I don't see it being boring because everybody from Brooklyn is up there, you know? Everybody <laughs> from fucking Brooklyn. People I know from my childhood and school. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, everybody in Brooklyn is up there. In Boca? Yeah, Miami, <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. um for of the Boca everybody's brother. So so life now, obviously your children is where you see happiness. Is there anything else like, you know?
0: Yeah, man, we just started um a new label named that okay. we took my dad's old name. Oh, wow. And um I can't make the announcement yet. But I wanted to do it here. But, um, you just did. Nah, no, nah, not not the label. <laughs> the high. He's getting contact from your week. Nah, <laughs> so there's um, I love. We're doing something major, not the label. Okay. Um, August nineteenth and twenty in Atlantic City. Oh wow. So what? It's gonna be um, loud records again. Not, it's, no. Or the the name, of the, name of the label is called Spring Records, which was my dad's label. So this is called Spring Sound, but. We're doing something really, really special to celebrate the 50 years of hip hop you know, in Atlantic City. Hey, did your grandfather ever talk about Luciano? Oh. Lucky. Yeah. Yeah. They that's all grew up. To- they all grew up together. That is fucking good. Like you Maya, know the Italian and the, the Jews. You mean they were they were one. They used
1: to fight all the time. They always fought though. But mm-hmm. that's how he met Maya Lansky and Bugsy through the book. His book. I read his mm-hmm. book. They're trying to rob Maya and Bugsy, and Bugsy mm-hmm. got them. Bugsy got them laid. He was the man with the women. Even yeah. little girl. he was like the shit. he he was, he was the sex symbol. Yeah, the he was a Mac. Laser? No, for real, Bugsy Secret was the man as kids.
0: What? Yeah,
1: he was the man with the women. Fuck
0: <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so but yeah, my my grandfather. I think about him every single day, man. It was just like what a life he had and he made it. He didn't succumb to it.
2: Before we get out of here, R. P. Chris Lighty, you know, I mean, Chris probably was, had yeah. almost every artist, we're managing everybody over there. I mean, was that was that a big blow when he hip-hop well, well, took him some weird-ass oh, way? Oh, when I got the call? Yeah, when you got the call. I know you were like, what the fuck, man? I
0: I didn't think it was true. Yeah, I, 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 I still I,
2: don't know, think it's true. Like, hey,
1: hey, love, regardless of what we think, it all stemmed and from love. I was told that love is the slowest and most direct form of
0: death. A suicide, to yeah. 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 I could... I could see that. You, yeah. I love your quotes in the morning that
1: you sent. I like sending them too. People send me some. It's yeah. just um, keep us balanced because we don't know how this day is going to end. We may not yeah. finish with the day. But it's, 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 it's good that he
2: say that, but it, it was a fishy suicide. It was not like it was very weird. Like Listen, I, I, I ain't buying it.
1: Yeah, you're right. You just got um, to know when, um, you just have to know when, like, to fold. You got to know when to
0: fold. You can't let them rent space in your mind. Right. You know, my grandfather always said this to me. It's not how many times you get knocked down. It's how many times you get up. Mm -hmm.
1: Not many people get up. I know it sounds corny, but not many people get up after they get knocked down. That Mike saying that, who
2: knocked out like... 100 people.
1: <laughs> I know they take the. Listen, Um, it's up to them if they want to get up. I can see if you get hit on the jaw, you don't see the punch, and you get knocked out cold. But yeah. if you get hit to the body, it depends on how, how much you want to take. So, how hard did
0: you hit Michael Spinks that night? <laughs> I mean, and, he could have gotten up, right? Or no? He just took the check. I like to think he could have got up. <laughs>
1: I know I hit one guy. If I hit one guy, I know I didn't hit him. I said, I didn't hit him, babe. I'm telling you, I know I didn't hit this nigga. <laughs> I did not hit this nigga. I, no, I'm serious, man. I didn't hit him, and he went down. I did not hit him. You mentally scared him? I, I No, listen, he had a heart attack before I had that. <laughs>
0: no, he would when he would walk into the ring, I would be just watching it on TV. I'd be like, holy shit.
2: <laughs> Are you one of those guys that paid, like, 10 Gs to be in the front, and you go take a piss no, and I, back, No, and I, would, no I wouldn't do
0: that. I wouldn't do that. I would prefer just watching it on, on TV so you could keep on watching it over and over again. Yeah. If you blink, it's over.
2: <laughs> you can't pee, you can't. I mean, this thing's fight that shit 48 man. seconds? Yeah, like 90. You can't see the list on a Mike Tyson fight. No way. Listen,
1: away. know who used to go to fights in 1986 and stuff? 87? MC Shan he used to be at the fights. Oh, wow. He's the first rapper to been at fights. That's fire, man. He's crazy, too.
2: Well, on that note, we
1: out of here, Mike. Okay, We're hey, guys. To the sunset? Mr. Ruffian, I'd like to give you a present.
0: Hot Boxing Dot Hotboxingdotstore. <laughs> it's
2: been a long time, man. I mean, what the hell, man? Can't even curse on this thing no more.
1: I right, please, brother. Hotboxingdotstore. <laughs> yes, Mike. Is um giving you a little thank gift you, here. And on this hand, you're gonna. If I'm gonna give it to going, my kids. I'm gonna give it to my kids. Well, maybe uh Your mom's like that? Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Enlightenment? I should bring it to your house. I mean, she Perfect. Thank you. Fire. I'll be there tomorrow. So so listen, brother. Steven Rifkin.
1: The whole world is looking at you. Really, what do you want them to know about you? How do they get in touch with you? How do they get some of your um, enterprisal business sense? Just, what is it? Uh,
0: At Steve Rifkin. Right, Corey? (laughs) (laughs) At at Steve Rifkin. That easy. <laughs> that, that's it. Okay. Let's.
1: You know. Normally we have guys. Hey, I got. I got jam two four six eight and jelly on the nine and around the corner. dot <laughs> org. dot <laughs> org. Oh, this is the bu- uh, this is really awesome. Nah,
0: yeah, yeah, this was, was great. Yeah.
1: Okay, another episode of Hot Boxing is finished. I'm Mike Tyson, and I'm Who cares? and our guest Stephen Rifkin, and this is a hell of a show.
0: And this is my favorite podcast of all time.
1: Uh, you heard the man say it.
0: Boogle
1: <laughs> <laughs>